0: hey guys what's going on this is the god man podcast i am your host rodney and mike yes welcome to the god man podcast we are trying to navigate through life as a man devoted to god and in today's episode we are talking about leadership yes it's about time to talk about leadership because as men we are the head of the household the providers the protectors the man leading the house and it's really important to know that leadership is within us and it's important to make sure we walk in that leadership of direction in a way that's going on so mike how do you feel about today's episode are you excited
1: uh very much so i think it's something that needs to be talked about and this isn't even just for men in christ like leadership's a topic that all men should learn about because you're gonna need need, you're gonna need to learn leadership throughout for everything in your life, whether it's on the job, sports team, school, things like that, you always want to have that skill.
0: Definitely, definitely. It's definitely one of those things where it's like, even if you, even I had to learn this, like, I've always learned that I was in positions of leadership without knowing it. Like, for example, like, when I'm the oldest of my six siblings, that's a leadership thing I'm looking at. Um, me being, when we were at the main event, I was the team lead in that. Um, Being a ministry, I'm the head of the performing arts ministry. So now reflecting, I'm looking back as like God has put me in positions of leadership and I didn't even know that. And so really seeing how being called to be a leader, it can show up in so many ways, but it just takes that moment for you to open up your eyes to see that you're called to be a leader. Whether you know it or not um so in what ways mike how have you seen leadership around you
1: all right so i guess because i grew up in the church i've always seen like effective leadership within the body of the uh, in the body of christ uh whether it was you know the actual pastors themselves or it's just men in the church uh, it was always strong leadership from the men in the churches that I've been in. I guess after that, I would have to say I didn't really see it at the house too much. Um, But I guess after that would be sports. Sports was a big one that taught me leadership. Um, You had to learn to be, you know, you learn to be a leader and how to follow a leader. And I think that's another thing that people don't necessarily know how to do is to be good to actually be a follower because they think it's gotten stigmatized where it's such a bad thing but we can come back to that but Mm -hmm. um yeah so sports whether it was football wrestling jiu-jitsu whatever there's always somebody that's a leader leading and there's different ways to do it me personally i was a vocal leader as much as i was a i'm gonna show you leader i've known people who were just show you leaders they weren't very talkative or anything like that, but they were going to show you how things were going to be done and they were going to do it by example. And I've known some people who were more vocal leaders who just said, you know what it is and didn't necessarily have the skill level as the people they were leading, but were able to still get it done.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause for me, when I'm looking into leadership, um, I think i realized how important leadership was once i studied how important it is to be a leader it's like um, one of the most things i'm so important to see like if god is showing you what you're going to be it's important to see who's already doing it and so i know he's called me to be a leader so now i'm seeing leadership in a whole new way i'm like a sponge i'm um trying to see what great leaders do how they think what's their habits um how do they problem solve when their backs up against the wall and also looking at bad leadership you No, know, let's be example we do have seen certain moments in jobs and sports and um in careers even in families where you've seen people um not leading in a correct way or you, you see they may like a blunder or two So, um Yeah, that's something that I've noticed As a leader um, You're going to make mistakes But if you're called to be a leader You definitely have to study great leaders And one of the great ways for me How I learned um, Is not only by people But there's books Uh, One of the first times I've read um, A leadership book um, It was actually Mike It was when I got put on for um, The team lead for Um Team Service host as main event when I was the leader. That's the first time I've been in a position where I had authority or someone trusted me to um, oversee and train people. And so for me, this was new. This was like putting um, this was like putting a, a baby um, in a driver's seat. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I, I learned that if there's someone around me who I can learn from, I said, "Oh, I know I can read books." one of the first um, books it was by a person he I forgot what the name was but he was one of the head people at, um, at Disney World and he was talking about all his trials and triumphs he's learned as a leader how important it is to to listen to people have empathy to problem solve and also to have a goal that's one of the important things as a leader you always have to have a goal in mind to know where you're going Like, if you just drive around in the car not knowing where you're going, that you're going to waste time and energy trying to figure out what's the best route. But then as a leader, you got to have goals on something that you can lead your flock to and know where they're going. Because as a leader, I'm seeing that people have to trust your leadership. Um, As husbands, this is important too, as a husband, as the head, your woman and your kids they can feel your trust and it'll be easier for them to follow you if they trust your leadership your direction and where you are going um i know that's going off course from i'll start off at first but that's really important that i wanted to say um people can feel your lack of in inauthent, all Authentic what's authenticity how's the word city. mike yes thank you so much you knew, i got lisped a little bit so um Yes, um, people can feel your, if you see people that if you're trying to lead in, they are lacking you, they don't trust your leadership.
1: That's real, and that's, it's another thing is when you're, as far as leadership goes, one of the biggest things I've learned as well when it comes to that is be you and don't force anything that's not who you are. So if you're not the charismatic ha-rah-rah rah kind of leader, don't pretend to be because everybody can see that. Mm-hmm. Everyone can see when something's not authentic. Everyone can see when it's not the real you. And what happens is you turn people away from following you when they see you're doing something that's not really you. Like, at the end of the day, be you. There's, like I said, there's different ways to lead So find which way works best for you in the environment you need to be in. And sometimes, you know, you need to you might need to grow your leadership skills to a different way. Uh, One of the biggest things with leadership as far as leadership skills is communication. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to effectively communicate with. Whoever you're leading, your team, your family, your ministry, Whatever it is, you have to be able to effectively communicate with them because at the end of the day, if you can't communicate the, the vision or the goal or the achievements that we're supposed to be doing at work or whatever, right? The quotas, we're not able to communicate these things, then as your leader, I'm failing you because you don't have a clear understanding of what is expected and what needs to be done, and what your job and your goal is for the day, or the week, or month, or you know. Um, so, communication is so big and key when leading anything. Hmm.
0: Yeah, let's let's touch on bad leadership. I think we've all seen someone who either, A, wasn't fit to be in leadership, or two, they didn't have the skills to be one. Um, For me speaking, I'm going to give an example. And this was the, like I said, this is the moments when I've learned about leadership and how important it is to be that person. And I've seen it misused in a whole bunch of ways, in a huge amount of ways in this season. Um, I was working at this nursing home. And everybody who knows me, they know I'm big in ministry. They know that um, on the weekends, Saturday morning, um, I teach in the Performing Arts Ministry. So I perform and teach dance. That's on Saturday mornings. And of course, on Sundays, no, that's definitely my Sabbath, and that's when I go to church. So my manager at the time he was getting frustrated because that certain workers would call off on the weekends and he would have to come in to work and he was getting tired of it. And then so it was only two people who didn't work on the weekends. It was me and uh, another coworker, her name was Shirley. So he came to both of us one day and said, hey, um, a lot of people are talking about how come y'all two don't work on the weekends and to be honest that's not fair so you know I knew it was straight um bs what he was talking but you no know, I'm calling the spade a spade at this point so he says so starting next week you two are going to work every other weekend and and he pulled me and her inside the HR office saying this whole spill and saying so if y'all want to quit I understand so in my mind i'm thinking two things number one this has been my schedule since day one since i moved in number two shame on you for messing with god's child for and you know what i do it's not like i'm just chilling at home all day like i'm literally doing god's work and for you to maliciously to alter my schedule for your comfortability but also to you're saying it's an option for us to quit if this is not meeting to your standards so that's when I'm seeing bad leadership and in my eyes it was because you're doing it for selfish reasons and one of the things I've learned as a leader a great leader doesn't just tell you what to do a great leader walks the walk with you and that's really a big thing as a leader if you just sit there and dictate people what to do You're doing it wrong. Like, I've learned that people trust and are comfortable with somebody who's not willing to, who's willing to get their hands dirty with their people. That's one thing I've learned. Um, Definitely as a leader, it's, and like I said, that's one thing I picked up on that type of leadership. Like, I've learned, like I said, I nitpick and see what I like about this person and not like about this person depending on their leadership skills. And that's one thing I've learned as a leader. Um, I don't want to make leaving an option. As a leader, I want to make sure, is there anything I can do to make this person comfortable with what's going on? Um, So Mike, so what are some things that you've seen in leadership that was misused or you know, that's something I can't do when I get to this certain oh
1: type of level. Um, yeah, there's there's a long list because there's been a few. the <laughs> The bad leaders I have I've had have been really bad to the point where it's almost been physical physical altercations with me and them. Um, I'm just gonna speak on a couple of things though. One of the things that I've noticed is a common theme with all of them is emotional intelligence.
0: We just thought about that, too. <laughs> if you don't
1: have emotional control in a leadership position and you let your emotions dictate your words and your actions, then you're going to be a terrible leader. And everyone's going to see it because instead of being controlled by instead of being logical and thinking and choosing the best course of action, you're going to just go off of what you feel. How many wars have been started, especially in the old days? Because a king got butt hurt about something. Because he felt disrespected. And so no nation now has to go to war because of his own emotions and not really thinking about the betterment of his country and the people that he's sending out there to go die. You know, um, another one that I'm big on is being able to listen um i've noticed that a lot of bad leaders lack the ability to listen to the people that they are leading they lack the ability to gain insight and gain other opinions a lot of them are stuck in their own ways. And once they make up their mind to how they want to do something, it has to be done that exact way. And that's not a good way of leading anything. I mean, even in the military, which we think, you know, we think in the military, everything's just like super. Oh, you get an order and that's it. And everything's got to be done exactly this, 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 this way. But I've met different people that were sergeants and lieutenants and things of that nature right and they talk about they would ask their people like they it was an open floor whenever they had something to do you can give input if you think there's a better way to do this Mm -hmm. like one person um i used to listen to jocko a lot right used to be a navy seal commander and he would talk about like how yeah the the goal has to be done in things like that for the mission or whatever right but if someone had a different way the recommendation that they wanted to see if they could do use all ears to hear it you know you're at least going to listen to it because some people might see things from a different perspective than you do that you're not capable of seeing at the time just because of the way you think compared to the way they think And the way they see things, their perspective might actually be a better, more efficient way of doing and accomplishing the goal at hand. So you need to be able to listen. And I think getting back to something I touched on earlier. The best leaders are good at following. And I think the worst Mm -hmm. leaders have the inability to follow. And it has to be everything is just their way. And it's, you know, my way or the highway sort of deal. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to submit yourself to other people and learn how to follow under leaders for you to be an effective leader. And Mm -hmm. I think some of the people that get put in leadership positions that are put there prematurely because they don't have that ability. And if we're being completely honest, a lot of that is nepotism and cronyism as far as in the workplace kind of deal.
0: It is. It definitely is for
1: sure. Also, and this is one thing I had to tell my job the first time I was at it. The job I'm currently at. This is my second tour. Um, I had a leader, and he was the team lead. He was uh, he was terrible. He might have been the worst leader I've ever had to be under. Mm. And I spoke to you about this a lot, Rodney. Like I was mm-hmm. sick of this man <laughs> because I was I was doing his job. I was leading, he had the position and title and the pay of being the leader and I was doing the job of being the leader back there. And even like the production manager noticed it and knew it, but he was like, well, Mike, you got things under control, so I wasn't really bothering that and I was going to address it eventually. And it was like, yo, I've been doing this for like seven months though. And of course, you know, as soon as I left, a lot of things fell apart when I left from there the first time around. But the problem with him was, He got the job kind of like by default because it was like, oh, well, he's been here the longest at this point. He knows the products and things like that, but sometimes the mistakes get made of promoting people because of their skill at the job or knowledge of it instead of based on is this person going to be effectively be able to lead because not every person that's great at the job should be in a leadership position it's two different skill sets. You can be the worst person at your job, but be the best person at directing and giving instruction and leading everyone else on the schedule on the clock. Vice versa. You could be the best person employee wise, be able to push everything out, be able to do everything on the job, record times and all that. But you could be the worst leader period. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a situation like that. So you got to be able to lead. You got to be able to follow and you got to have uh, you got to have people skills. You got to be you have to have interpersonal skills. Like there's not poss- it's not it's not possible for you to lead and not be a people person. You have to be able to be good with people because when you're who are you leading? You're not leading the sand. You're leading people.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's one thing um learning about, as I'm analyzing people, um, a lot of people in this generation, they don't wanna deal with people. Like, for example, like my my sister, I, I love her to death, but she says, Ronnie, if I can find a job where I don't deal with people, then I'll be okay. But then you gotta realize, people are always around. Like, in as I'm older, Mike, I'm starting to see, the older I get, the people are trying to get more complicated i ain't gonna fade to you but it's you have to realize like you're we're leading people with opinions and emotions and if they deal with something and then if they're having a bad day as a leader your job is to make sure as a unit everybody is good even take a step further to make sure that person is good um like one of the best things i've seen as a leader that I've seen some people do, they ask, hey Rodney, are you Are you okay? Is everything good? Like, is, you need help with anything? If you can make that connection with your, the people who you're leading, that would definitely gain more trust. You will create a space where they feel like they can be vulnerable and open and honest with you. And that can be a great um, leadership. Just like how you said, um, like they just, you gotta learn how to deal with people, have that interpersonal skills, like, Those skills like that, it can go a long, 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 long way. Um, One of my favorite quotes that I heard, they said, the talent will get you in the door, but the character will make you stay there forever. And I think that was a very great thing to make that like an anchor of this. And then just to piggyback off what you were saying, Mike, how you were saying how um, you can't do it all alone. Like As we were speaking, um, I thought about that moment with Moses and um, Jethro, um, as leaders, we can get burnt out, we can get into this mindset of doing it all on our own, not saying we do it on purpose, but just like, when you're a leader, your mindset is a whole different wavelength than other people, you see things, and you see things and analyze things how other people can't see it, that's what makes you a great leader, because you're able to analyze, and you know where you're going, but it was a moment in the Bible where Jethro was talking to Moses and Moses was, was doing what most leaders go through which is that leadership burnt out whereas you try to do everything you try to do it on your own and we subconsciously don't ask for help or we don't try to assign things to a certain people but then Jethro was talking to Moses and he said why are you doing this all your own why don't you just command other people make them part of here make them supervisors this small part over here and then this will leave you time to worry about other things instead of trying to do it all on your own like that's that's found in the 18th chapter of Exodus I think that was just so profound I even know Moses had that problem (laughs) until I came across that chapter
1: yeah cuz in that what it was is Moses was you know listening to the problems of all the people right because he's the leader Mm -hmm. so he's doing all of this having to lead them having to make decisions and also listening to every case that comes before him and jethro was looking at him was like yo you're gonna get burned out doing this you can't do everything like this and that's when he told him to appoint other judges Mm -hmm. and that right there keyword or keyword for all of this is delegation Mm. as a leader you have to know when to delegate and how Every like you said, everything can't be on you to physically do when you're in a leadership position. You have to keep the big picture in mind, which means you have to delegate every small detail cannot be done by you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times you notice control freaks make a lot of the worst leaders.
0: Definitely, definitely
1: do. people who have to have everything done in a specific way and super control and their hand has to be on it. Make some of the worst leaders. Because first off, no one likes to be micromanaged. At all. You know, like, give me my assignment. <laughs> let me get it done. I know how to do the work. Um, and then also, like, it's irritating and frustrating when you get something, you're doing something, and your leader comes behind you and starts putting their hands all over it and trying to put their mark on it because what that says is you don't trust me to do the job
0: yeah because that would definitely make someone leave real quick <laughs> like if we could be honest that could definitely get in my nerves for real like if i'm doing something and someone's on your back I'm like oh no you're not doing it right and i'm like hey i've been doing this for like five years get off me right you just got here like two months ago <laughs> but um no i mean for real that, that that's real though um okay so as a leader how important it is to have a calm mind.
1: So I think that you. goes back to like having a having the emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be able to think in stressful situations, and if your mind, if you allow yourself to become flustered and panicked, that won't happen. So it's very important to have a calm mind because, one, you're the person making decisions. So when things get hectic, you have to be able to make a decision without allowing the situation to stress and influence it in any way because then that could, re- that could affect the decision you make and you can end up making the wrong one. You have to be able to make decisions under stress. And I'm bring that back to the military thing again. Uh, leaders have to be able to make decisions under duress. Like if you're in you're in the middle of combat and bullets are flying, the wrong decision could cost you your entire squad and your your own life and the objective, whatever it is. Right. So. They have to be able to make decisions on the fly in those kind of situations, but they have to be able to calm their minds to think of the best possible situation uh, and the way to do things, because when you're flustered and you allow yourself to become panicked you don't make good decisions. Typically you might get lucky sometimes, but you don't make the best decisions when you're panicked. So having a calm mind is key to it. And also the people you're leading can see whether you're cool and collected in those situations or not. Mm -hmm. And what happens with you will trickle down to them. If you're in a leadership position and now you're running around, and let's say, for example, uh, I'm going to use myself, for example, in the restaurant, right? When I was in a leadership position back then, right? And we might have gotten in the weeds with something <laughs> and it was a bad rush or whatever order, right? There was a couple times where I actually did, I was running around with my hair on fire. Because I let it get to me because it was like we're getting completely destroyed and we're understaffed because this happened before people were scheduled to come in. And I remember when people started coming in, I remember Greg, Greg. G came in and Mike, Mike, calm down, man. Mm-hmm. Go, it's all right. We got this. And
0: <clears throat> we gonna be all
1: right. it was that it was that revelation made me go. All right. I'm sitting here panicking right now and everybody else sees that. Mm-hmm. And because I was panicking, some of the newer people that had just gotten in there, they were flustered and panicking too, because, Hey, if the guy back back, here's the lead is completely panicking over what's happening. We're in trouble. So you got to be able to stay cool, and calm if for not anything, but for, especially for the people that are watching you. Because if you can get yourself cool and under control afterwards, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to rein them back in.
0: Okay. Okay, Mike. So, I'm about to get into something. I know this is going to make this a long episode, but it's going to go good. If I'm in a relationship with oh boy. a woman... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I hope it's with a woman. So...
0: If I'm in a relationship with
1: a woman Why and do you have to specify woman, sir?
0: Because. This is the God
1: me. Man Podcast. It is not godly to be in a relationship with anything other than a woman as a man, so... Hey,
0: I'm just saying. I, I got to say. Can I say it my way? I, like, sir, usher, can I do sir, it my way?
1: Sir, it's just a little weird. I'm just okay, saying. I'm
0: just saying. <laughs>
1: I'm
0: just painting the picture, okay? <laughs> I'm just painting the picture, okay? So, if I'm in a relationship and she won't... Let me lead What do I do with my woman If she She says she wants me to lead But she won't let me lead What advice would you give Or any practical tips You would advise for a man to do Because to be honest I've encountered a few women And they say they want a man Who is dominant and a leader And she says okay I'm, I'm going to let you lead I'm going to let you do this but once we're out and about, she gets amnesia and forgot she says that. And if I do make a decision, she doesn't allow me. What do I do?
1: Fan, so I, I swear few, you're getting ahead of yourself right now.
0: I'm just I'm just saying, because you know, it's it's some men out there in relationships, and they're with the woman who is more tapped, she's too tapped into her masculinity. And I think I know where
1: you about to go with this, with the masculinity thing. But no. Nah, no, nah, it's me. so. First off, I think you're getting ahead of yourself because that's definitely <laughs> something that's gonna get talked about with Pastor David on the next, a next and a later episode, <laughs> the one we plan on having him on. <laughs> um, I would say, <clears> him. <throat> <clears throat> I would say that you go over to her, and you tell her, Had some cake, Hattie, man. "Have some cake, Hattie
0: Mae. Have some cake, Hattie
1: Mae." Have some cake. Have some cake. And when she refuses to have some cake, you know you go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Joking, kidding, people, we're kidding. Joke is, right? It's no, a joke, do guys. That.
0: It's a, it's a joke. Don't 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 be like
1: that. We don't, don't condone that. beating on your women. No, um, we don't do that. We're,
0: we're men of God.
1: Well, even if I wasn't a man of God, I still wouldn't condone that. Uh, mm. No, I had to see that. I had to see that growing up. Not against my own mom, because my uncle and grandfather made it very clear to my father if he ever put hands on her, they was gonna kill him uh it was very serious they wouldn't see it you you wouldn't they wouldn't find you um <laughs> but I saw it with his friends mm. so yeah no that would never happen but as far as that goes so that's one of those you still if he's trying I would tell him to continue trying to lead have a conversation with her and tell her she she needs to pull back And in the moments where he feels like he's trying to lead and she's, you know, trying to do her thing anyway, let her know in those moments that that's what's happening. Because a lot of the times, right, a lot of the times with women when they feel like they have to be, quote, unquote, an alpha woman, right? I hate Mm -hmm. that terminology. I think it's total total crap. But – when they feel like they have to be more masculine in relationship and things like that, it's because in the past they've had to do everything right. They've gotten with the wrong kind of guys, or maybe they've been single for so long that they've had to do everything. And it's hard for them to relinquish control. So sometimes they do these things without really noticing because it's just so natural for them to be, Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't need anyone to help me. So, that's something that is just gonna be a conversation that has to happen and keep happening with something like that, just in my experience. And also, I would say some people, that's if she really wants to be led. I've met some women who were about that mouth service but don't really wanna be led. And what they want is they want a father. And that, that's not gonna work then. Because if she wants a father, she doesn't want to just be led. She wants to be disciplined. She wants to be yelled at and all this. Like, and I've met women like that too. You know, usually have father issues or whatnot. And what they don't even realize is what they're actually seeking as a father in their life. And they project that onto their man, which is why, oh, you have to be strong. You got to put me in my place. If any woman tells you that she needs you to put her in her place, Man, that's not the right one. She ain't ready. Man, growing because up, she I wants a man. She, she wants a father. She doesn't want a husband. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want a boyfriend. She wants a father, not a partner. A partner is not going to have to yell at you, put hands on you, and put you in your place. Yeah. Because definitely. your place is next to them, not under them. So for you to say, like, he has to be able to be like, oh, my one put me in my place and all this, and that makes me attracted to him you're not looking for a partner. You're looking for a father and you need to go get therapy and counseling on that first before you get into a relationship. And that's why a lot of these relationships don't work or turn abusive because that's what they're looking for is a father and not a husband.
0: And that's see, my two cents I mean, on it. No, I mean, I see that was, that was great. There's so many things you did touch on. Cause like, first of all, everything you said, I totally agree. Um, I've been with women and I have female friends. Who, um, they have to tap into their masculinity because, number one, either their father was not around, number two, the mom had to be the masculine, and so growing up in a house when a mom is masculine, that automatically trickles down into her. And then now she's entering into relationships when, like I said, when men grow up in a house without that leadership, they get kind of babied by their mom so they don't know how to be a man relationship so now she has to be the man because the man didn't have a man in relationship in the household so now it's like a domino effect and it's a cycle and this shows Mike how much leadership is important in the household because if you don't have it in the household it's you can still be a leader without it in the household but it's not that foundation yet um compared to as you was growing up and then the next thing is um, how you were mentioned that um, they have to seek help. That's truly a big thing. You have to seek help because one thing I've noticed, like, when it comes to trauma or anything like that, it's really, it's an everlasting thing because it's a memory and it has to be managed. It will never go away, but it has to be managed. And it's through, that, through that communication, both the man's side and the woman's side, She says, hey, I have to realize that I automatically go into my masculine mode because this is all I know. But because I love you, I'm going to seek help, learn how to be in my place or be in my role, and I'll let you lead. And he has to love her enough to know that I know you struggle with this. So like the Bible says, I'll be patient and I'll be kind because I know this is something that's not easy for you to deal with. It's like any person who deals with um, addictions or they have something they can't help but to have. It's their thorn in the flesh. It's something that will always be there. It's always a trigger, but if you can manage it and realize the parameters and boundaries you have to set, you are setting your relationship to be healthy with that acknowledgement through the communication and through the consistency and just straight up honest with yourself. And I really do think if you want your relationship to be healthy, you have to have those things. And like I said, we're in 2022. And like I said, women are definitely bossing up in in a great way. In a great way. Like I love me like a nice independent woman, like how Neil said. No Miss Independent. That's dope. But also remember that... The man is the leader. God appointed Adam to lead. Eve was the helpmate. And when you two come together as one, that's the image that God wants you to have. It's that image, along with the image of Christ with the church. That's how he wants that unity to look like.
1: Amen. That's true. That's, like I said, that's
0: what, yeah, I wanted to get into that. Because I know, like I said, I've been a part of that when the woman was more masculine than me. No matter what I did, it would never happen. I voiced, I told her, "Hey, you're doing this again," but then it, like it just kept on on going. So that was yeah, I can't important. claim
1: that. I ain't never been a woman that's more masculine than me. That's not possible. Hmm. She'd have to be a man. Hmm. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, nah. But um, no, I feel you because no, yes. I've. I purposely avoid uh-huh. i avoid women who i i avoid women who are basically made in that kind of cloth like you can tell pretty early on how uh how masculine a woman can be. And not saying masculine as in, like, oh, she's manly. When I say that, I mean more of, like, as far as, like, from the leader submissive role, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I typically don't go for women like that just because I don't want to deal with it. So if I see that you're just that strong-willed and every time I say something, it has to be a rebuttal and an argument kind of deal, I'm not going to be talking to you like that. Like, we can be friends if that's it. Because I'm not about to deal with that headache. Like, mm-hmm. I know, like, listen, allow me, if we're going to be dating, allow me to do these things. I'm going to, I am naturally going to lead. I'm not asking you where you want to go to eat at. That's the, the first and foremost.
0: Because that's a five-hour thing right there.
1: Because first off, they never know. They never know. (laughs) Where do you want to eat? Never do they I I don't know. What do you want to eat? I don't know. No. I don't know. I I never asked them. Like, when I took, you know, old girl out earlier, you know, a few Mm -hmm. months ago, I didn't ask her where she wanted to go. I didn't ask her what she liked to eat. I just said, hey, here's the address of the restaurant, and this is where you're going to meet me. And we got there, and she was like, oh, southern food. She's like, I'm not the biggest fan, but yeah, we're going to, I'll try it. And I was like, I know you're going to try it because we're here.
0: Right.
1: I'm paying and we're here. So yeah, you're going to try it.
0: Right. We're definitely going to pull back out the um, driveway now. Right. And then after that,
1: like now, (laughs) while we have this conversation, now that I'm getting to know you in this, you know, this uh, first outing, now I can further determine where I'm taking you next. Mm -hmm. If I'm taking you somewhere next. So I was able to plan off of that accordingly. Um, but yeah, it's not a, it's not a, and it sounds like, don't get me wrong, people guys, it's not me saying that I don't give anyone options or anything like that. And I'm just machismo and, oh, she doesn't have a voice. No, 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 she does. But there are certain times where I'm going to step up and say, yeah, um, this is the decision. We're going to do this, this and this and mm-hmm. this. And typically all the women I've ever dated. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. hmm. It takes a weight off their plate. Yeah. Most of them don't want to have to be decision makers because women were not built to be the decision makers.
0: Yeah, they weren't designed for that, for sure. Yeah, it's like one of those things, like how I mentioned before, it's, it's that trust. Like, it's that trust. One of my favorite books um, is The Ways of the Superior Man. And it brought the scenario how if it's the woman's birthday and if you told her, Hey, so I plan a trip for this this date, whatever. Um, I need you to book the flight. I need you to pick where you want to go, and we're just going to go there. But they said that's that's the wrong route. That same day, he texts what well, he says her, hey baby, I booked the trip tomorrow. I already called off for your work. Already paid for everything. Book your flight. Is we're, we're going? I mean, you don't got to book the flight. We're going next morning. It's that fact that she trust what you're doing that's where the root is of all leadership it goes into trust and she knows i don't gotta worry about nothing because i know he has it handled
1: but see before you get to that point you've already had to demonstrate and exemplify good leadership to where she can trust you
0: got to see
1: you can't you can't go in the first date with somebody right and automatically be like yeah, so she'd be like, what are we doing? Oh, I'm not telling you. I'll call you the day of.
0: <laughs>
1: She's going to be like, no, nah, this man done lost his mind. He's trying to kidnap me. He gonna kidnap this me? This man done lost his mind. Like, no, nah, you got to. That's where communication comes in as leadership. You got to communicate. You got to be able to listen. You got to be able to communicate. Like, when I, when I took old girl out, and I'm not going to mention name, so I'm going to keep calling her old girl, right? Old when girl. I took her out. I didn't tell her, Hey, meet me at this place. Right. And just randomly the day before I believe it was, I asked her, Hey, would you like to go out and have dinner? Which was a yes. And I said, okay, bet I'll send you the details of the restaurant later. I asked her if she would like to go out to eat. I didn't just assume that she wanted to go out to eat or something like that. Um, I also asked her, important thing, are you allergic to anything? Because, again, you have to be able to listen. Good leadership is knowing the person you're leading. So you got to ask about things like that. Like, fellas, when you take a girl out in the first time, like, dating-wise, and you're planning everything out, please make sure to ask for allergies. Don't Don't plan to take her to a seafood spot and then pull up and realize that she's allergic to seafood.
0: Not for real, though. The other half of the day you'll be in the hospital.
1: Cause then she's gonna pull up and more than likely she's not even gonna walk in there. So she's gonna be like, Hey, uh, I can't be in the environment of fish. And then you're gonna be sitting there like, Oh crap, now I gotta figure out what we're gonna do last second.
0: Almost killed her. You almost killed her, man. Without the communication. Like we said, communication is key and everything. Communication exactly. is key and everything. So with leadership on a spiritual side, Mike, um, I really want to talk about the spiritual side of leadership and how important it is. Because one thing I've learned is in order to lead, you have to be led. So let's talk about leadership from a spiritual standpoint. Of course, you know, one of the greatest leaders of all time is Jesus. So one of, one of the, or the greatest, the the with a T with a capital T. I
1: was about to say, put some speck on his name,
0: right, man? Do you know who I am. I'm Jesus, with a capital J, of course. But let's talk about Jesus, um, and his leadership that he's done. Leader, the leadership that Jesus exuded was so amazing. Like, he is the perfect definition of a leader, where he showed humility he showed grace he showed aggressiveness a couple times you know with him flipping tables for a godly reason um one of my favorite stories that jesus did was when he was washing his disciples feet that was one of mine because we all know the power that jesus had we know what he could do the what he's capable of doing but he was still humble enough and a great leader so much, like he got down on his knees and started washing the people who he's leading, the people who he knew was gonna betray him and do him wrong, but he still got down to that low position as a servant and to wash their feet. I think from that point, really, if you wanna be a great leader, really study Jesus and how he moved how he thought how he treated people like his moves and decision making and jesus jesus was really a people person like it didn't matter what you did he still talked with you and walked with you and spoke life into you no matter what you did and still gave respect towards everybody and still did without compromising his faith and what he believed in so yeah, Mike, tell me about your experiences um, when well, our experiences, but what you think about leadership from a spiritual standpoint and how important it is to have a spiritual life while you are leading.
1: So this for me goes to being submitted and sorry, this to me goes to being submitted and knowing how to be submitted unto leaders. Right. So. Every leader should be submitted unto another leader. It keeps you accountable and you're always constantly learning like you never know it all. Um, the disciples, the apostles had Jesus. That was the person they were submitted under. That's who the person that was teaching them. That's who they learned to be leaders from. And then if you notice, even when they were done and Jesus was gone and Paul was in there as an apostle, right? Look at the way the apostles even submitted to each other like they still submitted to each other in that standpoint to be accountable and uh, and and be held responsible for different things and to learn and to grow so that's one thing that i would say like you need to be submitted under somebody And especially under leadership as far as in the church, because no one, you're not every, so you're not Jesus. And your congregation knows you're not Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not Jesus, you're not all powerful and you don't know everything. You're not perfect. So if you're not perfect, how is it that you believe that you can't be submitted under somebody because yeah nobody's perfect nobody has you know is completely perfect so but where you have an imperfection the leader you have is strong in and where they have an imperfection the leader they have is strong in, and vice versa you know so on and so forth for example i'm submitted under pastor david and under apostle darren Apostle David submitted under Apostle Apostle Darren and Apostle Val. Apostle Val and Apostle Darren are submitted under Apostle Apostle Land and Apostle Apostle Sidney. So, and those keep going. It keeps going. Like, nobody is, like, at the top of this mountaintop where they're not submitted under anyone. Because even as a leader, you have to serve. They were talking about when Apostles were in... Uh, Panama for the trip a couple months ago right Uh, for Jubilee and Pastor David then was talking about what they saw apostles our apostles doing and they said they were serving their apostles like a normal member would be serving like a pastor Mm -hmm. like making sure everything's okay what do you need what do you need running around doing whatever they needed carrying shoes whatever it was right like going and grabbing water different things like this and it showed them that yeah see like no matter how high you get you're not above serving and you're not above serving and you're not above being led and submitting unto authority
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because at the end of the day how can you say you're submitted under jesus when you refuse to submit under any of the people he sent to be your leaders here.
0: Not definitely that that's really a big thing and I and I think my early years of being in ministry I'm glad I got that teaching early cuz one of my favorite preachers um he he informed me that Ronnie you never stop serving. Serving is a lifelong thing in this time and in in the next in the next one so definitely never get that out of your mindset cuz the once we get serving out of our minds we become more focused on us than other people and as a leader that's the raw mentality to have so definitely um i say it's, it's going to be aches and pains when, when we serve it's going to be moments when we don't feel like it but the i I don't want to say reward is greater because i know we talked about that in the last episode not saying the reward is greater for us but the reward for other people and lending a helping hand to serving even when um like mike you how he works at main event um our our gm remember we was in the weeds one time and then he was running food and doing um he was like busting tables and everything you remember that
1: I watched Eric get in the dish pit one time and James lost his mind. (laughs) James lost his mind. He was like, Eric should never be in the dish pit. Someone go over there and relieve Mike, go over there and relieve him. I walked over there. Eric's like, no, no, go back to work. Get back on the line. That's where we need you at. He's like, I'm fine.
0: Eric was so cool.
1: He was. And remember one thing they said during training was, hey, nobody is above this dish pit. This Mm -hmm. makes this whole restaurant part go. For real, though and eric eric as a leader exemplified that because he himself went back there literally went back there and rolled up his sleeves and started washing dishes
0: yeah so and it was wasn't
1: like, for like 10 minutes the man was back there for like 3 hours
0: man and, and guys like i want i want i want to picture of the audience this eric is like he was wearing like some dress pants, a dress shirt, you know, some some nice loafers or something like that. He rolled up his sleeves, got that dish pit. I saw that. I remember he was busting tables. He he had like like glass cups and plates all up in one tray, had it on his shoulder, went to the kitchen. That was like one of the first times where I've seen. And this is like a general manager too. Like if he's a general manager and he's helping out like that eating behind the dish pit, on the tables, serving food, that was a great representation of serving. Like, no matter what level you are, serving is always something we do as believers. We always serve. Like, if you feel like you lead and you don't break a sweat or you you don't have to do nothing, you're not doing your part you're not growing and i'm glad i got that from an early age when another preacher told me that because now i'm i'm seeing serving in a whole new light and like i said jesus served so like jesus never stopped serving so maybe you think about it we're all servers in this ministry in this life we're submitted under god to do his will to help his people for the lost and the found so it's it's a big thing to have that mindset of a server to know that there is no end goal or there's no limit to okay I don't need to do this no more because I'm at this level because we have seen leaders in some way shape or form say oh I'm this so I don't have to do that yeah that what? yeah that that kind of got my nerves a little bit when I hear certain people, leaders say that.
1: And also, like, one thing we need to remember is, as far as service goes and being a leadership is, like, especially in the ministry, like, you got to realize not only do you need to be able to serve, like, people, other people, like, let's say, other leaders and stuff like that, your position as a leader is one of service. Mm -hmm. You are there to serve the people that you are leading, Mm-hmm. Like you are there to serve them. That your leadership is to serve and make th- what they're doing easier, more effective, more efficient. You're there for them. That's the reason you're in this position, is to mm-hmm. serve them. And to serve whoever's higher up. So when you're in a leader po- leadership position, you're actually serving from two different sides. Definitely. That's
0: definitely. I totally agree. Hundred hundred percent. Um I'm trying to find that bible scripture when um Ah, uh, what is it it's uh, i think who's ever uh i'm I'm trying to think about what, what, what it was um okay well i i know i'm, I'm gonna paraphrase it or i'm gonna make up my own way of saying it but it was like it, it was saying like like if you're a leader then you're really beneath it was something like, like, like that um but, but pretty much like in, in, a, in a nutshell it's like if you're uh, oh my god, I don't know it's I forgot it's ah but but pretty much like as a long story short like if you're going to be a leader the world's definition of leadership is going to be different from the spiritual side of a leadership um the world's part of leadership is like the like I'm the big boss. I call the shots, and I'm sitting in my big chair, and I'm doing A, B, and C and D. When really, like a leader shop, uh, a leader shop in leadership um, from a spiritual standpoint, like I say, you're serving. So the mindset is, I mean, the physical look of is gonna be so different because you're actually catering to the needs of the people who you're leading like and that's one thing I've learned while I'm in ministry is like how how can I create that space of comfortability towards the people who I'm leading how can I make them feel comfortable how can I make them feel like I'm at their service whatever you need you can talk to me and let me know and we'll get this situation figured out um, that's one of the things we have to realize in what we do and make sure, like, we don't get so focused about us, but focused about who am I assisting, who am I helping with my leadership. Um, one of the things I've noticed in one of my favorite books, um, the ways of, not the ways of man, um, seven habits of an effective person, um, they were showing the difference between management and leadership management is more of the dictator side telling you what to do, telling you how to do it, and just like how you say it, Mike, really over your shoulder when you're doing something.
1: Managers are overseers. Yes. That, that's but, what a manager is. There's someone who's an overseer of a project or whatever, yeah. or a group of people.
0: Mm-hmm. But they were saying in leadership, they're actually in the trenches with you as your Attaining the goal. So just like how Jesus was, how he's with the disciples through everything they went through, as Eric was, as he was at main event with us, busting tables, doing dishes. The same way how our mothers and our fathers and in our in our lives, how they've been through our storms, through our spiritual leaders in the church, Pastor David, my pastor, um, Reverend. Read. they they're there with us as we are navigating through life. So leadership, when they're in the trenches with you, that shows one, they care about you, and two, you're not gonna be in that storm alone. Ooh, ain't nothing like some good leadership, man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, no doubt, bro. No doubt at all. Hmm.
0: I'm trying to
1: think. Um,
0: well, as we are coming close to an end, Mike. Um, do you have any thoughts, anything about leadership or anything relating to this topic that kind of stood out to you the most?
1: Um, really, just uh, really just. Of how much leadership affects you in all day life, especially as a man. Um, It's in your household. It's on your job. It's in your ministry. It's, you know, anytime you have to interact with other people, you know, leadership comes into a play. Uh, Look at teenagers right now, right? The groups and cliques that they form and everything like that. There's typically one or two leaders and a bunch of followers in there
0: hmm.
1: like leadership and lead, being led and fo- and and leading is something that is going to be around for your entire life. So it's a skill that you need to learn every man, really every person, but every man in particular needs to learn how to lead because at the very minimum, you have to be able to lead your household.
0: And for a man who does not seem to have a leadership figure in their life, um, what would you recommend for that person to go, what to do, what to read? Um, what would be something you would advise?
1: Um, get a mentor. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the easiest way to start learning to read I'll read to lead <laughs> is to go be led by someone who's good at leading, let them show you by example and by their words and their actions how to lead. Also, I mean, there's a bunch of leadership books out there and stuff like that, so yeah, I would utilize those resources.
0: Okay, and you no, know, same thing with me, um, definitely find somebody who spiritually you find who's a great leader follow them and as a second resource I'd say definitely read like one of my best quotes is um, leaders are readers so the more you read the more you will expose your mind to great leadership and before you know it you will find yourself in a great position of being a great leader Amen Amen, Amen Well guys that's enough of this podcast. This was a great episode. I ain't going to fake to you. This was a good episode. Learning about leadership, the importance of it from spiritual to emotional to mental to relationships, which was by the way, that was my favorite. The relationship part was my favorite. We went a little deep into that one. But that was great. So yes, this is the God Man podcast. Um, We hope this episode blessed y'all in mind, body, and spirit. A lot for everything we say to meditate, reflect, let it anchored down in your heart and allow for it to really sink in so you can be that great God man, the great leadership that both me and Mike know what you could possibly be. So until then, we will see you on this next episode, okay? Love,
1: peace, hair grease. Hair grease.